Blog Talk Radio. Minnesota presented a petition 
to state officials that would allow a vote on forming a union for more than 26,000 eligible workers. And in New York, television writers, producers joined the Writers Guild. Writers and producers from Original Media, a New York City-based production company, voted to join the Writers Guild of America, East, citing low wages, long work schedules, and no health care benefits. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Now, number nine, fast food workers win a new, a new uh, NLRB ruling. The National Labor Relations Board ruled that McDonald's could be held jointly responsible with its franchisees for local for labor violations and wage disputes. The NLRB ruling makes it easier for workers to organize individual McDonald's locations and could result in better pay and conditions for workers. Work number 10, workers increasingly have access to paid sick leave. Cities such as San Diego and Eugene, Oregon have passed measures mandating paid sick leave, providing workers with needed flexibility and making workplaces safer for all. And number 11, student athletes see success in improved conditions. College athletic programs are strengthening financial security measures for student athletes in the wake of organizing efforts by the Northwestern University football players. In addition, the future is bright as the majority of incoming college football players support forming a union. Ah, that was a great thing, too. I think it's yeah, absolutely really, yeah, yeah. important. In San Diego approves minimum wage height. Portland, Maine uh, starts process. Even as Congress has failed to raise the minimum wage, uh, municipalities across the country are taking action. San Diego will raise the minimum wage to 11.50 an hour by 2017, and the Portland, Maine Minimum Wage Advisory Committee will consider an increase that would take effect in 2015. Um, it's weak, but at least it's moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's really hard. It's really tough. But anyway, um, all right. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? What was the one we talked about that we wanted to play? Oh, um, yeah, I've got something here that I, um, on the next page here that was really, really kind of interesting. Um, which we'll get to in a second if I can. For some reason I can't. I want to, I try to see that thing It's, whoops, okay. I'm going to get to the second page on this thing, but... Go down to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I'm working on it.
the how horrible really um, uh, people, employers and companies were to their people, and especially the miners at that time. And the miners are still suffering mm-hmm. because of, 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 of jerks like the Koch brothers who, you know, have these huge mining facilities and, mm-hmm. you know, treat their miners like crap, all right, and treat unions like crap. So, you know, let, uh, let's go to this one. You'll hear what, what this was. This this was the um, one of the beginning, one of, one of the major, major turning points for the labor unions. Uh, back in uh, the turn of the, of the 19th century, mm-hmm. or 20th century. It was early springtime, and the strike was on. I drove up mine, out of doors, out from the houses that the company owned. We moved into tents up at Old Ludlow. I was worried bad about my children. Soldiers guarding the railroad bridge. Every once in a while, a bullet would fly. Kick up gravel under my feet. We were so afraid you'd kill our children. Dug us a cave seven foot deep. Carried our young ones and a pregnant woman down inside the cave to sleep. That very night you soldiers waited Till all us miners was asleep You snuck around our little tent town Soaked our tents with your kerosene You struck a match and the blaze it started You pulled the triggers of your Gatlin gun I made a run for the children But the firewall stopped me Thirteen children died from your guns. I carried my blanket to a war fence corner, watched the fire till the blaze died down. I helped some people drag their belongings while your bullets killed us all around. I never will forget the look on the faces of the men and women that awful day. When we stood around to preach their funeral, the lady corpse of the dead away. We told the Colorado governor to phone the president, tell him call off his National Guard. But the National Guard belonged to the governor, so he didn't try so very hard. Our women from Trinidad, they hauled some potatoes up to Wallensburg in a little cart. They sold their potatoes and brought some guns back, and they put a gun in every hand. The state soldiers jumped us in the wire fence corners, did not know that we had these guns, and the redneck miners down them troopers, you should have seen them poor boys run. We took some seamen and walled the cave up, where you killed these 13 children inside. I said, God bless the mine workers union. Then I hung my head and cried. 
was a there, that was a true story. The Ludlow Massacre. Yeah, Ludlow Massacre. Oh. And um, let me just so labor um, says. Um, have you heard of um, says the? Uh, have you ever heard of the Ludlow Massacre? You might be shocked when you see what happened. Right, we just played that, but mm -hmm. this goes on. But there's a mini series that says something about. A special upworthy miniseries about labor history made possible by the FLCIO. Um, the standard posture for publishers on the web is to remain neutral. Um, so what gives? Why are you working with brands? I don't know what the hell is. Okay. Um, as a media company that <laughs> often calls out the advertising industry's worst practices, we did really think that that would work for us. So we decided to go our own way and something we were called Upworthy Collaborations. Um, I don't know what this has I don't to know, do. but it has something to do with a, with a miniseries for labor, but it doesn't, I think they had a wrong, yeah, that's, wrong that's, link here. Mm -hmm. okay. In the but early 1900s, let's read this, the early 1900s were a time of great social upheaval in our country. During the years leading up to the Ludlow Massacre, miners all around the country looking to make a better life for themselves and their families set up picket lines, organized massive parades and rallies, and even took up arms, and some died. I always wondered why history like this was never taught in school where I, where I grew up. Could it be that the powers that be would rather keep this kind of thing under wraps? Oh, yeah. And then Woody Guthrie wrote that tribute. Uh -huh. Cool country, Colorado. Coal country. Oh, coal country, C-O-A-L. I thought it was C-O-O-L. <laughs> okay, 100 years ago, the Rocky Mountains were the for source of a vast supply of coal. At its peak, it employed 16,000 people and accounted for 10% of all the employed workers in the state of Colorado. It was dangerous work. In just 1913 alone, the mines claimed the lives of over 100 people. There were laws in place that were supposed to protect workers, but largely management ignored those, which led to Colorado having double the on-the-job fatality rate of any other mining state. It was the time of company towns where all real estate, housing, doctors, and grocery stores were owned by the coal mines, by the coal companies themselves. You know, when you think of, oh, my soul to the company store, which led to the suppression of dissent as well as overinflated prices and extreme dependence on the coal companies for everything that made life livable. In some of these, you know, these workers couldn't even leave town, and armed guards made sure they didn't. Also, if any miner and his family began to air grievances, they might find themselves evicted and run out of the town. Gee. Yeah, oh yeah. And it says the union. The United Mine Workers of America had been organizing for many years in the area, and this particular company, Colorado Fuel and Iron, was one of the biggest in the West, and it was owned by the Rockefeller family, notoriously anti-union. Who does that remind you of? Yeah. The Koch brothers, right? Who yeah. Still, who were in the same business. Put all this together, and it was a powder cake, okay? And it shows the Ludlow Mass Colony before the 1914 massacre, all right? It was a huge uh, town. Okay. And then what they did is the colony moved out. The miners moved out and started a tent city to strike against their uh, against the employers. The strike. When a strike was called in 1913, the coal company evicted all the miners from their company homes. 
and they moved to attend villages on leased land set up by the UMWA. Uh, Company hired guards, goons, and members of the Colorado National Guard would drive by the village tents and randomly shoot into the tents, leading the strikers to dig holes under their tents and the wooden beams that supported them. What did the union call? Why did the union call for a strike? The workers wanted recognition of the union as a bargaining agent, an increase in tonnage rates, which is an equivalent 10% wage increase, enforcement of the eight-hour work day, payment for dead work that usually wasn't compensated, such as laying coal car tracks, the job known as weight checkmen to be elected by workers. This was to keep company weightmen honest so the workers got paid for their true work. The right to use any store rather than just the company store and choose their own houses and doctors. Strict enforcement of Colorado laws, especially mine safety laws. And it's just special. Um, an improvised armored car with machine gun was built by the coal company's private security. They developed a, it's kind of like, a, you know, armored, armored vehicles of today. Yeah. All right. It says the cavalry charge, they get pictures here, a cavalry charge on striker women in nearby Trinidad. Ah, look at that. Man, oh, man. Militia and private detectives are mine guards. Um, the powder keg explodes. The attack from the goons continued, as did the battle between scabs, strike breakers, and the miners. It culminated in an attack on April 20, 1914, by company goons and Colorado National Guard soldiers who kidnapped and later killed the main camp leader and some of his fellow miners, and then sent the tents in the main camp ablaze with kerosene. As they were engulfed, people inside the tents tried to flee the inferno, and many were shot down as they tried to escape. Some also died in the dugouts below the burning tents. In the first uh, photograph below, two women and 11 children died in the fire directly above them. A day that started off with Orthodox Easter uh, celebrations with the families became known as the Ludlow Massacre. Imagine that. And they're showing signs here that, of how they burn these tents and death pits, they call them. And, um, the ruins of the tent colonies, they just burn them. Well, you sure don't read about that in history. No. And it says funeral procession, leaders of Greek strikers, the huge funeral procession. Look at this procession. Mm -hmm. uh, the 10-day war. The miners, fresh off the murders of their friends and family members, tried to get President Woodrow Wilson to put a stop to the madness, but he deferred to the governor, who was pretty much in the pocket of the mine companies. So the miners and those of the other ten colonies quickly armed themselves, knowing that many other confrontations were coming. And they went to the mines that were being operated by scabs and forced many of them to close, sometimes striking fire, uh, setting fire to the buildings. After ten days of pitched battle and at least 50 dead, the president finally sent the National Guard, which promptly disarmed both sides. Union victory. Well, close to 200 people died over the course of about 18 months before and after the battles at Ludlow, and the Union ultimately lost the election. The Ludlow Massacre brought a congressional investigation that led to the beginnings of child labor laws and an eight-hour workday, among other things. But it also brought national attention to the plight of these miners and their families, and it showed the resilience and strength that Union people could display when they remained united, even in the face of extreme corporate government violence. Historian Howard Zinn called it the culminating act of perhaps the most violent struggle between corporate power and laboring men in American history. 
and the primary mine owner, John D. Rockefeller Jr., received a lot of negative attention and blame for what happened here. The United Mine Workers Association is still a solid union today, and there is a monument in Colorado to those who died in the Ludlow Massacre, and the Rockefellers carry on with all their billions. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it affected them much. Well, you know, they had to succumb to unions. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's why these bastards hate unions to this day. And, you know, and why unions hate those bastards. All right, the Rockefellers, the Koch brothers, you know, any any of these bastards that, that uh, you know, would still, to this day, kill people, you know, do well, kill people. It's you a, know, deprive them of a, of a living wage, deprive them of the of it's no, It's not, just a second, it's not much different than what happens at, happened at Occupy Wall Street. No, the same when thing. People, yeah, when exactly. people tried to demonstrate and show uh what horrible things the people in the financial district had done to the American people, the same thing happened to them. But the problem, the only problem, the only difference is, is that, you know, they, the American people backed away from the Occupy Wall Street movement yep. due to fear and whatnot. But had the American people actually brought out their own guns and fought like hell against these bastards, all right, the same thing would have happened and, and there would have been government intervention and the world would have been a better place all around. And I'm going to tell you, folks, I mean, it, it gets, to, unfortunately, it gets the violence, but the violence is the only thing that works. I mean, it's, it only, it's the only thing that works. You know, you're seeing it. I'm sorry to say that. It just seems to be. Well, we've had, it doesn't we've, work any other way. We've had some pretty horrible situations in the We in the have. Life. And, and, you know, and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, before, prior to, Unionizing and prior to you know now we're getting people to strike and nonviolent striking and so on, but you know it's not getting any better, folks. I'm not saying militarize and so on. I'm just saying activate and get get really active and you know do what you can and stick with your union and try like hell to to to, to make a difference. I think and, uh, it would be very helpful if unions got together. If 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 you're in a state and one of your unions is being abused, then all unions should walk out. I, I agree. I think there should be cross-the-board union actions. I think but, so. You know, but there, there's not. And, I think, and I'm and not I, sure and I think why. Well, and I believe that the water of it is because unions are filing no-strike uh, agreements. Uh, you know, unions are being neutered by, by government and neutered by, by their own, you know, people, you know, their own leaders, mm. unfortunately. You know, and negotiators, and it's just like, wow, you know, why do you give up your own your only weapon? You know? Right, because that's all you, you know, have. You give up your only weapon. It's like ridiculous, you know. But many people don't have access to unions on the job, but support workers' rights and the union and the labor movement. In case you haven't heard, um, Working America is the nation's fastest-growing organization for working families. It has more than 3 million members fighting for good jobs and a just economy. It says become part of the labor movement and join Working America today. All right, and hang on a second. I'm going to go a little more to this article and see who, who and how to join. Along with adding your voice to American working families, you also have access to union plus savings and discounts. For free legal advice, credit counseling, and prescription savings to discounts on everyday products, 
and services such as wireless services, car repairs, movie tickets. Working America and Union Plus offer a wide venue of programs to help Working American members and their families get the most of their money. We are just a few of these. Uh, here are just a few of these Union Plus benefits: Working American credit cards, Working America healthcare, um, health savings, AT&T wireless savings, um, get 15% off monthly wireless service from AT&T. We know we didn't know that. No. Okay. Nation's only unionized wireless company. Um, click here. It says. Uh, Offers available for existing AT&T customers as well as new subscribers to partners at Union Plus. Credit counseling. Uh, auto insurance. Save on auto insurance with competitive group rates. Um, and uh, for a complete menu of money-saving money discounts and benefits, go to Union Plus. And visit Working America's page on the Union Plus website. Want to check that? Sure. Check that. Check that out. I get my... Um my Social Security uh, insurance from uh, a union uh, insurance company. Good. And it says, um, um, my health care. Yeah, featured savings, credit card program, wireless, health insurance. Um, you can start using foreign benefits, auto, legal, and education, counseling, debt, discounts. Uh, save 15, 20%. Uh, college test prep discounts, 15 to 60% of college test prep courses. Well, that's good. For the Princeton Review. Goodyear tires, save 10% off of all Goodyear tires and 5% off of all sales tires at company-owned Goodyear. Just uh, tires or allied tires and service stores. Save up to 10% on all car service. Wow. That's from being a member of this, mm -hmm. of this right? Union that's class. right. All right. And let's see, um, Consumer Reports online discount, save 27% on all annual subscriptions to Consumer Reports. This is just from from this, uh, from being a member. That's of, right. Of this. Health, health clubs, pre-negotiate 15 to 30% discounts on monthly fees at over 10,000 health clubs nationwide. Legal services, uh, speak to lawyers free for any legal question or problem. Free document review and 30% off uh, additional services. Wow. Health savings. Help cut out pocket costs on prescriptions, dental, vision, hearing, the physician, and hospital care for the whole family. Money, insurance, consumer credit, and uh, counseling. Uh, moving discounts. Preferred moving discounts with allied bands in North American Van Line. These are great discounts, folks. Oh, yeah. You know, credit card. Three credit card choices include a no-hassle, unlimited 1.5 cash reward card and competitive rates, U.S.-based customer base, and exclusive assistance benefits for eligible cardholders. Man, these are great benefits. Computer discounts. Save up to 30% on Dell and HP laptops and desktops. Man, that's, that's huge. All right, 30% off Dell and HP laptops and desktops. Um, prepaid card. Uh, exclusive to union members, this prepaid debit card features no credit check, no required uh, checking account, and gives you a high annual savings rate. It's amazing, huh? And uh, flowers and gifts. You can get 20% when you send flowers, plants, gift baskets, home heating oil. 
save an average of twenty, two hundred to three hundred dollars a year on home heating oil. Yeah, but you have to have somebody within your area. Yeah, but you know, it's still, you, you know, that's good if you live within the area that these things are offered. But you might live in an area that doesn't have like home heating oil, but they might have something else. Yeah, budget truck rental, budget. There's budget around everywhere, uh-huh. nationwide. Save twenty percent off truck rentals from budget. Movie ticket discounts. Save up to 48% of office, box office price hmm. for purchasing movie tickets in advance. Or travel. Or travel. AT&T wireless discounts, 15% off the wireless plans. Uh, uh, the only nationwide unionized wireless company. Uh, save on movie tickets, theme parks, theaters, um, sporting events, and more. Clothing discounts, 5 to 10% on everything you buy. Uh, Union Made Apparel, uh, Union Plus Travel Center, your one-stop for savings on airfares, hotels, car rentals, worldwide tours, condos, uh, pet savings, 25% on veterinary ser- veterinarian services, pet supplies, and more. <laughs> worldwide vacation tours, uh, save $150 on discounted international packages and tours. And this is all from this uh, this group, folks, from um, you know uh, Union, Union Plus. Plus. That's right. Is bought brought to you by union privilege established by the AFL-CIO to provide consumer benefits to members and retirees of participating labor unions. How can you beat that? No, you can't. It's so a go, very go, good yeah, benefit. Go to Union Plus and sign up. You know, I'm a member of that. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, uh, and I have something from Walmart. Walmart is hosting a manufacturing summit in Denver this week as part of its new program to supposedly invest in products made in America for stores across the country. The retailers claiming its new plan will invest $250 billion over the next decade and create 1 million jobs. We're not buying it. AFL-CIO President Richard Trumpka addressed Walmart's summit and announcement. But workers will not benefit from a Walmartification of our manufacturing sector. Jobs in the Walmart model won't restore America's middle class or build shared prosperity given the company's obsession with low labor costs and undermining American labor standards. And the company's commitment to American manufacturing is meaningless unless it actually increases the proportion of its products that are made in America. Here are five reasons why Walmart's plan is nonsense. The whole thing, number one, the whole thing is misleading. When you dig deeper, you find that all Walmart is doing is counting the country's, the company's natural growth as new investment. If the company maintains its current percentage of U.S. source goods and continues to grow at the same rate as it has in the last three years, $262 billion will be spent on U.S.-made goods anyway without Walmart making any changes or doing anything new. Doing a little less than what you've been doing and calling it progress isn't exactly admirable. Number two, as Scott Paul of the Alliance for American Manufacturing notes, Walmart's altruism doesn't quite stand up to scrutiny. In some cases, the economics now favoring reshoring of workers back to the U.S. due to emerging domestic energy cost advantage, rising wages in Asia, and wage stagnation in the U.S., which Walmart might know something about. And don't forget to consider the challenges that are coming from outsourcing, supply chain disruption, 
quality and inventory control issues, intellectual property theft, and high shipping costs. Walmart is the biggest importer in the United States, and it has been increasing how much it imports every year. The company now imports 2.5 times as much as it did in 2002. Walmart should make a solid commitment to cut back on its growth in imports after decades of massive increases to create a real net gain for American workers. Walmart is off to a rocky start, helping to create U.S. manufacturing jobs. In the first year of its new plan, Walmart created only 2,000 new jobs, putting it way behind schedule toward reaching the goal of 1 million. As the largest private employer in the nation, Walmart should start with itself to create real change for America. At the rate Walmart workers are paid, they won't be buying many U.S.-made products or imports. Walmart must invest more in its own workforce if it wants a Buy America strategy to succeed. Walmart cashiers make on an average less than 25000 a year. An April 2014 study by Americans for Tax Fairness estimated that subsidies and tax breaks for Walmart and the Walton family cost taxpayers approximately $7.8 billion a year, including about $6.2 billion in assistance to Walmart workers due to low wages and inadequate benefits. Trumpka concluded the initiative seems like an attempt to change the conversation from the need for Walmart to improve jobs for its 1.4 million retail workers in America. If Walmart is truly committed to rebuilding the American middle class, it can start with its own workers, most of whom make less than 25000 a year and struggle to make ends meet. Walmart should use its two-day summit to prove the company is committed to real and substantive change and an end to corporate whitewashing. Okay. So, happy 79th to Social Security. Great. Let's strengthen it. The 79 years ago today, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Social Security Act and says, Alliance for Retired Americans, President um, Richard uh, Festa, Fiesta, rather. And I'm going to read this little article here in just a second. Um, Um, it says, uh, Richard Fiesta says, retirees are struggling to get by, but they know how much worse things would be without Social Security. And thanks to Social Security, seniors are able to pay bills, buy groceries, and stay out of poverty. Yeah. Today, Social Security not only covers retirees, but surviving spouses and children and people with disabilities. The alliance and the group Social Security works uh, with Release reports also released reports on the economic impact of Social Security benefits, broken down by each demographic by state, and you can check that out. But Fiesta um, said we need to strengthen and expand Social Security, not cut it, and pointed to the Strengthening Social Security Act, which is now before Congress. Social Security is one of the most successful programs in American history. Fortunately, we can ensure the Social Security system keeps uh, celebrating birthdays for decades to come, and we can do it without harmful benefit cuts. But out, find out more about Social Security and Retirement Security and learn more about the Boost Social Security Now campaign from the National Committee to Preserve uh, Social Security and Medicare. 
and related news, this, um, I'm sorry, in related news, the Social Security Administration has closed some 80 regional offices and more than 500 smaller offices mm -hmm. and has plans to shutter hundreds more over the next several years. That's on the top of the recent workforce reductions and cutbacks in office hours. If that's allowed to happen, future birthdays for Social Security won't be so happy. And it says, click here to sign a petition for uh, AFGE and Social Security Works to reopen the offices and restore services. Um, and uh, That's says, really important. Oh, extremely. And he says, we will champion efforts to strengthen Social Security and undo the damage already suffered by opening shuttered field offices, restoring all uh, services, ending long wait times, and hiring all the staff needed to meet the missions. Now, you know why they're doing this? Is because at this time when more, most of the most people are a lot of baby boomers. baby boomers are going in, they want they don't want people to know. They want to delay, delay, delay. It's just a government ploy, you know, to keep people from collecting, you know, and and getting the right information and collecting what's due them. I mean, it is a tragedy. It's just a sick situation, folks. And I don't know. Here's something that uh, a couple minutes. Um, that was very good. And a very special birthday to you. Must be social security. Yeah. Hmm. So the guy going to the Social Security Administration. It's a birthday party for Social Security. Hoffman, 
Johnsonville and Oscar Mayer, that's for your hot dogs, sausages, and grilled meats, condiments, French's mustard, Goulden's mustard, Heinz ketchup, Hidden Valley Ranch, Lucky Whip and Velasic, Buns and Bread, Ottenberg, Sarah Lee, and Vie de France Bakery, Bottled Water would be American Springs, Pocono Springs, and Poland Springs, and for beer, Budweiser, Bud Light, uh, Lennon Kugel, Mad River, Michelob Miller, and Rolling Rock. In ice cream and frozen treats, Del Monte Fruit Chillers, Briars, Carvel, Good Humor, Highland Dairy, LaBelle Ice Cream, Laura Secord, MacArthur, Orchard Harvest, Prairie Farm, and President's Choice for snacks, Flips Pressfuls, Frito-Lay Chips, Oreos, Triscuits, and Wheat Thins. Those are union uh, companies. So uh, companies that have unions, so it's important to buy their products, especially at Labor Day. Yeah. Here's something interesting. Um, uh, it says, last week African trade union leaders across the continent converged in Washington, D.C. Uh, to push U.S. and African leaders to focus on decent work worker rights and job creation during the U.S.-Africa Leader Summits. They challenged the growing Africa rising narrative, which mainly focuses on the macro-level economic growth, trade opportunities, and growing consumer markets for international corporations, and sought to refocus the debate on policy changing, changes that would improve the lives of working families. At the largest single gathering of heads of state in the United States in history, Union leaders from the United States and Africa forwarded their priorities uh, at an official summit workshop, as well as through outside pressure, and jointly outlined a number of concrete principles for uh, uh, governments to take up after the summit. It says African workers, like the vast majority of workers across the world, have seen inequality grow in the past decades, and even as economic growth and dem democratization has brought new opportunities to main, many African countries. For example, in Nigeria, between 86 and 2010, there was a between 75% increase in the concentration of income, and Ghana, a 50% increase over an 18-year period. And South Africa has one of the highest levels of inequality, and uh, it's uh, continued to rise. Uh, well, so is the United States, folks. I mean, we're, we're, we're probably worse than there. And <laughs> in, in income inequality, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, Africa also faces the daunting challenge of lifting workers out of precarious existence in the informal economy and expanding formal sector employment that pr provides a decent standard of living as some 80% as some of Africans currently toil in informal unemployment. Uh, Africans today stand at the crossroads between opportunity and exclusion. And amidst this such informality, and inequality, Africa is also home to 10 of the 20 fastest growing economies in the world today. In order to chart a path to shared prosperity in Africa, where workers take home a fair share of Africa's tremendous growth, the U.S. and African labor movements uh, jointly released a statement of partnership at the conclusion of the U.S.-Africa Leader Summit. Uh, the statement calls for a new economic paradigm for workers in the United States 
and through uh, out Africa and emphasizes that potential that exists in both sides of the Atlantic to overcome the challenges facing workers and to enable the United States and Africa to make lasting contributions to shared prosperity and peace. This article goes on a little few more places, but, um, you know, it gives you the idea of, you know, there, there, there is a national movement, labor movement, and it's out there. International, sounds like. And, 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 what did I say, national? Yeah, you mean international. Yeah. If you go down that page a little more, it, yeah. fewer groceries for today's minimum wage worker. Um, it's a video. I'd like you oh, to play okay. it. Minimum wage, 
yeah. would be worth seven dollars and
uh, in Connecticut here, and saying that uh, they're giving that that, that Goodwin Tech is supplying training workers. Work, yeah, Pratt and Whitney. Yeah, a one-year uh, uh, program at, at Goodwin Tech, uh, you know, is is designed to uh, give you an entry-level job at, at Pratt and Whitney as a machine operator or whatever they are, whatever they are. But um, you know. I, as much as I want to believe these guys, as much as I'd love to see it happening, it turns out that you know, didn't, Connecticut as a state is 46 out of 50 in job development. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, well, Massachusetts, a few years ago, Massachusetts grew 12 percent. Um, even Rhode Island grew 6 percent. Yeah. New Hampshire, I think, grew yeah, quite a bit. But, um, but you want to know Connecticut and Maine uh, didn't grow very much at all. Like, but you got to know. But you got to ask yourself. And I, you know, I'm sorry that I, I play devil's advocate. And I do that because I, you know, certain things just, you know, uh, infuriate me. You know, the hypocrisy of Democrats as well as Republicans. You know, um, just just infuriates me because uh, when when Malloy was running for 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 governor. Back in uh, when when was he running? Uh, two oh eight. Yeah, two oh eight. Yeah, two terms. Yeah, two oh eight. He's running for a second term now. But in two oh eight, one of the things he wanted to do is cut out funding for vocational schools. Yeah, and, that you know, I didn't understand. You no, know, you know the, one of the most important things that you could have possibly done was to fund these schools. Okay, and now you get. Biden coming down and promoting technical colleges and all this kind of stuff with, with uh, and uh, patting uh, Malloy on the back, all right. But you know Malloy wanted to cut out any any uh, all uh, cut out the technical schools in, in the United States out uh, in in Connecticut. So you know and those were, you know and yeah. those were the only kids really getting good jobs. Those were the only kids getting jobs. Liberal liberal arts colleges and business colleges were all you know they, they were. Those kids were, were going to work at, they were going yeah. to work at Starbucks. Yeah. So it's like you know I don't understand this governor. All right. I don't understand why he raised taxes on everybody in the in in, in the state. I don't know what his plans are, but. You know, my God, when you consider the op- the, uh, the 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 uh, the nightmare of the, his opponent, this Foley, or um, you know, uh, you just it's just God. Where where's the you know, where, who do you vote for? You know, what what? How do you vote? And I don't know. But well, the key I, thing is, is he didn't if, close if the technical school. A, Somebody told him not to do it. Yeah, because they hit him over the head and said you're you're an idiot. You know, to do this. I mean, there was not. I don't think there was one person in the state that that thought that was a good idea. No. All right. Everybody thought he was an idiot. He almost didn't make it because of that. All right. So he had to change his um, approach. Approach. You know, and change his tune. All right. But uh, you know, it bothers you because you wonder about the elitist attitudes of of, of your governing, you know, governors and your elected officials. Okay who think that vocational schools are a waste of money, right? They think that industrial jobs are, uh, are, are beneath uh, the common worker here, you know, in the United States. And yet... No, they know, don't want to pay them. Well, they don't want to pay them, but, you know, plumbers and electricians and carpenters and builders and hairdressers and everybody, okay, that goes to these schools and learns a trade, 
the service industry uh, yeah, and the backbone, the backbone the of the middle class. And right now, those yeah. are the jobs that people have. That's right. I mean, and those are union jobs. Those are independent jobs. But uh, but the thing is, is that this elitist attitude is just killing the state. You know, killing the state, and it has to stop. You know, and I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking out for unions now. I'm saying union workers, unions, please, please, please uh, hit these idiots over the head. If you're going to vote Democratic, you know, vote for people's jobs. Vote for jobs, not against jobs. And vote for training. Vote for, you know, uh, uh, the right things. When, when the union decides to support these people, it should only be with uh, the agreement that we hold your feet to the fire. Yeah. You get elected, you owe us this. And if, Not, you, don't, and if you don't, we're going to burn your feet, pal. That's we're right. Burn you. you know, get rid of them if they don't. Yeah, that's the only. I mean, don't a, don't put your money there and say, "Geez, I hope you support us." Yeah, you it can't is support. Trust you Democratic, know, these uh, Democrats, and you and you definitely can't trust these Republicans. All right, because so you know, and 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 they have a workers' party, which is a farce because they never have an elected. They never have a. a, a, a they always support the Democrats. And they Democrat. always support the Democratic candidate. So it's like, what, what, what's the use of the party? So it's like, you know, it's just, a, you know, it's frustrating, folks. It's as frustrating as it can get. And, uh, you know, I'm not advocating not voting, but I'm advocating, please, please, please. Make your vote smart. Make your vote smart. And give it, and, and, and union officials and people in power, Give us something to vote for, not some schmuck, okay, who wants to destroy the state, okay, and destroy jobs and destroy uh, unions and destroy, you know, it's just, it's just help us, help us, help us, Lord. But um, anyway, I, uh, I want to thank everybody tonight for joining us, and uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us, uh, especially on Union Night, and uh, uh, we wish you the very best uh, in the coming week. Uh, have a great week, folks, yeah. and enjoy the weekend. Yeah. And uh, go Union. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night.